Each season, Guys Telling Stories seeks out fascinating people with a good story to tell. I'm Bill Easton. Man next to me is Rich Douglas. We're a couple of guys who love a good story, so join us in our quest to find fascinating people with a good story to tell. This is Guys Telling Stories. Welcome to Guys Telling Stories. How are we doing? Great to be here with you, Bill. Yeah, you too, Rich. Yeah, excited. Let's kick off the holiday season. Talk yes. a little travel. Talk about Santa. Traveling a lot. A lot of travel talk. Yeah. Rich, well, you need to go somewhere. Well, you know what? This event, SantaCon, takes place in New York City and all over the world, but the largest one's in New York City. So, is this the first one? Is this like the original? Well, we'll have to ask. The no, history what is of the Sa- original? Is like three guys get together in a Santa suit. Can they call themselves SantaCon? Well, you know, we're talking to an expert today. I'll ask her. Yeah, we'll have to talk to her, you know. Uh, the New York City, though, is the largest one, and uh, I wanted to ask you. Have you ever been to New York City? Oh, yeah. I've been there a few times. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Is it amazing? It, it's cool. Um, the first time I was there was, I, I, you know, I, I don't remember too much about it. My parents took took me and my brother. We did go to the, I remember the toy store. F.E.O. Swartz was, uh, mm. was awesome. Uh, second time I was there, I was... 20, 21 years old. Okay. And uh, went to see my buddy Brian and going to stay in his house. And we're going to do Times Square for New Year's. Oh, you were? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a uh, great time. Uh, What a terrible idea. To (laughs) to, to go there. No, great. uh, Great to go. You know, I would do it once. Yeah, on kind of like a bucket do the list. Time, yeah. What was the challenge of being in Times Square for New Year's Eve? It was so freaking cold. Oh boy! And you can't and and you you line up in grids, so you can everyone can see it, but they only one way does traffic go mm-hmm. through through across through. So you have every block you you gather, and then if you leave, you're you're not getting back in. So you know there's. It can't go anywhere. Oh, so if okay. you get out there at, let's say you get out there at eight o'clock, and you you somehow have a bunch of beer in front of you, you can't do anything about it after you drink the beer. Yeah, you can't go to the bathroom. You can't go to the bathroom. So don't you can't bring, leave. Don't, don't bring leave. a bunch of beer. No, or bring. Yeah, but it was it was still a lot of fun. It was really cool. It's something that you should do. But we picked the we picked the coldest year I think ever, which yeah. is uh, what did the glasses say? <laughs> Can you remember? <laughs> might, have, might have been 2000, 2003. Okay, okay. So it wasn't that 1999. It had the one? zero zeros. I, oh, I remember that. So the we, best glasses. They, they, they fit? Well, you know, same same sort of story for me, New York City in December. I just had to visit. I uh, always wanted to see Rockefeller Center, mm-hmm. the big tree. I did want to go to Times Square, not for New Year's Eve, but my story is probably because of uh, my favorite Christmas movie, Home Alone 2. Yes. I know every line. You know, and I just had to go to New York City and see it for myself. Cool. Yeah, you know, I, the problem with getting there for me, I was probably right around the same age, you know, college. And, you know, you got to have some money, got to have a place to stay. And luckily, when you go to college, you meet friends from all over. So mm-hmm. some Long Island friends offered us a place to stay. And do you remember when JetBlue was new? And it, was, it was just starting out. It was out. awesome. It was like $50 flights each way. Who doesn't want a three-inch TV screen in front of them? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then the, the blue chips, the TVs. Yeah. It was great. So I think I, my parents gave me a little spending money, and a buddy of mine went 
off to New York City. We visited some friends. We took the subway for the first time, and we saw mm-hmm. the tree in Times Square, and we made it to that Home Alone 2 toy store. And it's funny you mentioned it, because in the movie, it's Duncan's Toy Chest. I yeah. think it was FAO Shorts. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's time to go back sooner than later. And I'm going to bring my Santa suit, because of this Santa... I have one, too. Seriously, SantaCon in New York City. It's this. It's coming up. If you're listening to this live, it's coming up this weekend. And our guest today is one of the organizers. Basically, for those who don't know, I did a little research, Bill. It's an annual event held Mm -hmm. in cities around the world where people dress up like Santa or other Christmas characters and parade around the city. I've heard it called performance art meets uh, pub crawl. Uh, But in New York City, it's the biggest SantaCon around. And the event's actually a fundraiser. You know, to date, I think they've raised over $300,000, and they donate that money to various local charities in and around New York City. It's amazing. It's a lot of money. Tons of money. And our guest today, Eliza Spear, helps organize SantaCon in New York City. And basically, Bill, she's going to be the voice of Santa for this interview. Oh, really? Oh, I'm excited for this. (laughs) His face just lit up like a little kid on Christmas. Uh, So let's talk to Eliza about SantaCon. Eliza, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is so exciting. Yeah, we're really glad to uh, have you on. And I, I told Bill, he got his face just lit up. I was like, we're going to talk to the voice of Santa. This is the voice <laughs> of Santa. <laughs> that is me. Somebody's got to run Santa's Twitter. He's a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. I have, I have so many questions. I'm so excited about this. Because as someone who has dressed in costumes his whole life and have done things, like what, what? What is this? Like, give me how, give me everything you can and go. I'm ready. Mm, okay. Well, you know, Halloween should not be the only event we all dress in costume for. Ma- massive costume events for all sorts of holidays are becoming way more popular now because people realize it's fun. You gather your friends, you have a great time, you make these great memories, you, you definitely brighten people's day who have no idea. What is happening on this day? And everybody has questions. Where are you headed to? Why are you dressed all like that? And so SantaCon has become in that kind of broad spectrum of events to dress up for that are not Halloween. So it originated, um, you know, way back, I think it was 1994 in San Francisco, where a group of people um, who like to do different street theaters and absurdist events got together and decided to do an event poking fun at the commercialization of of Santa, of Christmas, of this holiday that's gone sometimes grossly out of control. So in that situation, that there was a smaller group of Santas, and they did they marched through um, department stores. They did ridiculous <laughs> scenes in the street. They did dances together. They you know did a conga line or we don't whatever many silly activities that they did, mm. and it got people's attention and just kind of poked poked a little fun at Santa and poked a little fun at Christmas. So we like to keep that spirit of the event alive. Keep it weird. Keep it absurdist. Try to let people know, like, it's okay to, you know, be fun, actually, be a child again. SantaCon is an excuse for you people without children to go out and, and say, all right, let's, let's go celebrate. Let's go have a good time. Let's dress as Santa and a reindeer and a snowman and an angel and uh, let's make a day of it. So we're just excited to try to keep that spirit of fun, giving, frivolity all alive 
every every year around this time. So yeah, we're, we're the first first Saturday of December is always in New York City. That's always going to be Santa Con Day. Yeah, for those that are listening, I mentioned it in the intro. This is it's this weekend. So yes. you know if uh, if you happen to be in Brooklyn, New York City area, you're visiting a uh, Long Island family and friends anywhere on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. basically, get, find your way there. But Eliza, you will be amazed. The Santas are everywhere. They take over the whole island of Manhattan. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like the it, the the history of this thing started almost like. Uh, a flash mob of Santas before flash mobs yeah. were even a thing. And yeah. uh, it, it sounded like a really, really good time. And it's progressed now. It's got more than 20 years. So it's still the merriment that's still over top, over the top with costumes. Yeah. Does everybody have to dress like Santa? Is that a rule or are there other costumes oh, no. too? We encourage Santa and holiday self-expression. We've had many Hanukkah Harrys. My friend was a menorah last year. It was very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> he made each of his gloves into a candle. And then the main candle was his head where he had another flame. So when he held up his four fingers on each side, he was a delightful menorah. It, oh, it yeah. certainly delighted everybody who saw him. And, and, you know, if you want to take Santa and you want to make a hip hop Santa, if you want to make a pirate Santa or a zombie Santa, we encourage these different permutations of the holiday because it really shows people creativity and it really brings a smile to people who A, have no event, no idea this event goes on. And then B, just love the creativity. I mean, we've had abominable snowmans, a fireplace. A nativity scene. Anything is possible. The brown That's funny. Yeah, they were really popular. When they all stood together, it was a showstopper. Yeah. Oh, I bet. What's, why is that guy dressed as a donkey? Oh, no, he's just he's part of a bigger group. Yeah, oh. take one piece out of the, the group. It, it didn't function as well. But when they all stood together, it was really it was something. So who's the oldest? Who is uh, the oldest participant that you have seen? Because this seems like a kind of a generational thing, but... Some I'm people sure. do make a family event. Yeah. I have heard, we've heard from people who um, say, you know, this is the event that my family looks forward to and gets together to, for and definitely has um, multi-generations of their family coming together to uh, participate uh, at Santa Con. I don't know if I could say who the oldest is per se, but it runs the gamut from all ages, that's for sure. <laughs> well, everyone's dressed like an old man with a white beard. That's true. Yeah, sometimes that's that can be confusing. What's a real beard? What's a fake beard? There's some really convincing fake beards. Exactly. Well, so moving us along, how did it get started in New York City? And I'm thinking, you know, over the years, it had to sort of, you know, like word of mouth and the internet mm-hmm. was just getting started in the mid-90s. But, um, you know, what's the history of it in New York City? Oh yeah, the internet has uh, has for sure changed SantaCon in so in a grand way. I mean, now that we have the ability to get our wor- the word out so quickly, especially on our whereabouts during the day, that's completely changed the way we've done this. But it's also spread to uh, multiple cities in other countries too. I'm always surprised to see when I go through our social media and I just simply put in you know Santa hashtag SantaCon the Tokyo SantaCon that will pop up or the London SantaCon, which has gotten pretty big. So now I've heard that we're in more than 350 cities worldwide. I don't know where that fact checker came from, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> and so it came to New York through this like group of uh, underground artists and people like that who heard about the San Francisco scene and wanted to do the kind of absurdist street theater that they were doing. And, 
and New York City is kind of the perfect city for that. You can all get on the subway together and make a scene there. You can all go to the steps of the New York Public Library and make a scene there, too. So that was New York kind of was a perfect spot for it as well. Well, we definitely have one here. I think it's it's a little different than uh, here. I'm pretty sure you cannot dress up if you do not have a beer in your hand. <laughs> so ours is more of a pub crawl than it is any type of theater. In fact, uh, oh, yeah. the only theater that happens might be after 2. <laughs> 2 p.m. But, you know, yes, 2, yeah, well, you don't need 2. Drama can ensue after a certain time. That's true. Yeah. So for so someone that hasn't seen it before, what does... Um, <laughs> Oh, I can picture this. I can picture everyone just getting off a subway and running up the stairs. But yeah. <laughs> kind of paint a picture of uh, of uh, what it actually looks like. Like what happens when when you do get off a subway? And well, I would say so. The further away from from the starting point of the event you start in the morning, you feel like you feel a little silly. You're by yourself or your friends. Hopefully, you're with your friends, and you feel a little less silly. And you start as a little trickle of Santas. Then as you get closer, you join with other Santas. And it turns into like a little bit of a stream of Santas. And then once you get closer to our starting point, especially that first 10 a.m. start point in the morning, it's a red tide of Santas. Every train, every bus coming has Santas more and more coming off of it. So the, the spectacle of the sea of red that can kind of uh, come all together maybe like a santa reservoir (laughs) (laughs) but it's pretty great and that's where in the morning we we schedule street performers to uh play we've had them play live music there and uh different like stilt walkers and we do like the commencement address where we say this is why we're here this is why we're together go forth be merry Take care of each other. Be nice to the children. Do not mess with the cops and have a great day. There you go. Now, for people who haven't seen it, I'm going to give them some context. If you go see like a hockey game and it's a sold out, you know, arena might be 16,000, maybe 18,000 people. So how many how many Santas are we talking when you guys officially meet up and start the day? Is it is it more than that? One time, I mean, the biggest the biggest gathering we had for the first starting point was probably in Central Park. And we didn't really have any way of, since we only do by donation, we don't, ha- we don't sell tickets, so we don't have a real way of knowing how many people are attending this event. Our best guests were between 20,000. Wow. And <laughs> a lot of them do show up to that first start point. And so, you know, maybe not every Santa gets themselves out of bed and gets there at that time. But by the time it swells to its greatest point and expands all over the city, they're definitely at the 20,000 mark, 25,000 mark. And the beginning point is really fun to get like a big, nice group picture. And everyone's really just so excited to start the day. You know, they've gotten their friends together. They planned their outfits. They got up early to put on their makeup or whatever costume it is they decided on and they got themselves there and they're just like real excited to see this finally come together. Some people do it every year. Some people say, okay, I saw that. And then they move on the next year. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so after the big picture, after everyone sort of meets up, you mentioned other locations and using social media. So what's the timeline of the day look like uh, after the initial meetup? After the meetup, we have some anchor venues where 
they're larger venues that can accommodate a lot of Santas. So we put the word out on those the night before we start. So that would be the 8th, Friday the 8th. So Santa goes on Twitter, puts out the the map, tells you where the starting point is, and tells you where those main anchor venues are going to be throughout the day. So if you wanted to plan your day with your friends and say, okay, we'd like to be closer to Midtown West, then you could say, these places over here might work for us. And if they're too crowded, we'll go to the place next door. And just find a place that has the vibe that works for you. We have all sorts of things happening from DJs to live performances of music to live dancing and uh, like aerial performances. So if you're into more like that circus arts, want to see some aerials, go here. If you're into hip hop and you want to dance a lot, go to this venue here. And we still have a short description underneath the anchor venues of what's going to be happening there. So people can really get excited about, Oh, I want to go to the rooftop bar. That sounds great. We'll be dressed up warm anyway. We'll go there. And so they can really decide all right, maybe we want to pass through um, Washington Square Park and we want to sing some Christmas carols for people. That's a super fun thing to do on your way from one venue to another. You know, we used to move like a giant uh, like a giant snake from one place to another. So Stanley used to say, next stop is this, next stop is that. But you can't just name one venue now there's too many people that would overwhelm and people would be in the streets outside the venue and that's not safe and we want to make it as compliant with the city and safety and the police as we can so that we can continue to do this um, you can't see Bill right now, but he has the biggest smile on his face. Because just because when you said like we need to find a venue that can hold a lot of Santas, <laughs> we're just thinking to like imagine calling up a restaurant, uh, a bar, even just like and be like, okay, we we have this. And if they're not familiar with it, it's it mm-hmm. it's yeah. not, it sounds so out of the norm. But um, the costumes know, get big, you know. Then there's props. Everyone everyone has these things that. It's not just a person. Mm-hmm. So you have now you have an outfit. You have it's some of them are probably very expensive. Mm-hmm. Some people apparently are shepherds and have their, <laughs> you know, their maybe there's a live lamb in a bar somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I had a when it was I was Queen Frostine one year, and I had a very large snowflake staff. I think See? it was it was on a six foot wooden dowel, and then it had a foam light up snowflake at the top. And I slammed it in a cab door because I didn't realize how big it was. <laughs> and uh, luckily, it sustained only minor damage and was put back together. But fitting that entire costume, including my headpiece and the snowflake, into a cab was uh, a, kind of difficult. <laughs> so how did how did you get involved with with this event? It's kind of like one of those things. If you start hanging out at a bar long enough, they'll give you a job. <laughs> I was, I've been there. I was on my way home. It was a normal, boring Saturday evening in the city. I don't want to say boring. Every night's exciting here, but yeah. you know, nothing before this happened, nothing remarkable. And my friend Aaron and I were taking the subway home, and the doors opened, and an absolute mob of Santas ran in, and they were singing Christmas carols and yelling, you know, Ho, 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 And they ran in, smushed us all into the car, and they were just having so much fun. I, I thought, where are you guys going? I definitely <laughs> want to come along. So we asked them they were going. They were going to Brooklyn. And so we followed them. We went all out to these 
cool places I didn't even know about and took over the dance floor as a mob of Santas. And we had such a blast. Luckily, I did stay in contact with one of the people there who turned me on to some other costume groups in the city that, you know, really are into the idea of costuming all year round and costuming as a creative expression and radical self-expression and all that stuff. So that was a great intro into this little subculture world in New York. And after I started going many, many years, and then I learned some of the people who I already knew come to find out that they were uh, organizers. And so I said, well, here are my skills. Here's what I can help you with. And now I've been doing it for a few years and it's been great. That sounds amazing. Just the whole, just the whole idea and the growth and, and we haven't even touched on, um, one of the most important parts of this is oh yeah uh the money you raise and yeah i mean tell us tell us a little bit about how 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 that works and and what you plan on doing uh this year with it sure we um we're all volunteers who run this event uh we don't get paid and the reward for us is being able to give such a large sum of money to charity that you know as individuals we would never be able to do on our own so we've kind of estimated that we're over the $300,000 mark of giving to charities. And we like to pick New York centric charities, or we like to pick one that has uh, something to do with children and one that has something to do with a food bank. We've picked city harvest in the past. We do ones that support the arts like material for the arts and dance parade. And so these things that, you know, in, nowadays may seem less important, but it is still important to keep these things alive Creativity and the arts are really an important outlet for some people. And a way to express, you know, this displeasure they might be having with what's going on in the world today, that kind of thing. So we try to support the arts as best as we can. And then the other charities that we pick, usually to do with food or to do with um, uh, shelters and homeless shelters that might house children and that kind of thing, because Santa's mission would obviously be the kids. And so we make sure that we're able to collect this money and then um, pick the charities we think are working out best for us each year. I don't think we haven't finalized this week. We'll have our final meetings to pick the names that will be end up on the SantaCon.nyc website so that you can see which charities the money is going to. So basically your $10 donation at SantaCon.nyc gets you access to the big venues so at the door, you'll have uh, your Santa badge or your Santa necklace that will prove that you donated it already. And you can pick those up at the venues. They'll have um, with your like proof of donation via PayPal receipt. And then you'll have that badge or necklace the rest of the day that gets you into all the venues. So that $10 not only goes to charity, but gets you in all the cool places where all the Santas are. So it's like a nice win-win situation there definitely so you guys are ho ho hoing for a cause (laughs) i was waiting i knew something was coming he just looked at me and smiled and goes uh (laughs) well you know it's but it's i'm serious because uh try to follow me here uh think of another event that is organized internationally uh just at a certain time every year um i'll I'll use oktoberfest as an example you could Mm. go to germany you probably have one in your local town i'm sure there's a ton in new york city but when you think of Oktoberfest, you don't think of raising hundreds of thousands of dollars at, for charity. But 
that's yeah that's an important part of what you guys are doing and that sometimes might get uh kind of lost along the way you just think it's a good time you Mm -hmm. know with your friends on a saturday but really it's a good time and it helps support the communities in and around where the events organized and all those programs that 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 she mentioned especially the the arts programs are ones that need to be every year it seems they have to be more self-reliant on 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 raising their own funds because mm-hmm. there's always less and less that that they get um you know basically from from government so yeah. it is super important that um they get creative and and find those outlets and find a way to reach into uh that bag of people's donations because it is people that that keep the arts alive mm-hmm. yeah as a creative event ourselves we're really proud of being able to support the arts in that way and that way, you know, year-round other events can happen and uh, they can have the materials that they need to continue these things to keep them funded. Quick break to talk about podcasterstory.com. It's the holidays and you can show your appreciation by giving a gift to someone you love. And what better gift than recording their life story with podcasterstory.com. Imagine mom, dad, grandpa telling their world what Christmas was like when they were growing up. Wouldn't it be great to ring in the new year by listening to someone tell you their life story? Well, the experts at podcasterstory.com have the perfect gift. It's an audio interview where your loved ones tell their story. And the final product is a polished podcast recording that can be listened to by family, friends, or the entire world. And there's a special offer for our listeners. 20% off your first recording by mentioning promo code GTS. That's right. Give the perfect gift this holiday season by helping someone you love share their life story with the world. And get 20% off with podcasterstory.com simply by mentioning promo code GTS. And now, back to our interview. Well, the change in gears a little bit, we always like to ask about some hurdles that you guys have overcome that you're ultimately better for. And uh, I kind of just wanted to start that segment by asking about logistics. I'll I'll share a quick story (laughs) with you. Uh, Bill and I, oh yeah, logistics. I'm talking, I'm talking like just bathrooms or, you know, uh, IDs. Those are important logistics. Um, I'll give you a, for example, we always get together for St. Patrick's day. We, we throw on our green and we wear hats and necklaces. And I think Bill, um, we got separated this year or last year, but I, I just had to go to the bathroom so bad. And there's always an annual parade, but some of the uh-huh. only places we can find to go to the bathroom is like, uh, like an Arby's on the corner or something. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I, I like popped in there and of course there's only one bathroom and there's a line. And so I'm waiting in line and I'm, I'm like starting to sweat. I have to like go so bad because it seems like this line isn't moving. And this is where the logistics question comes into play. Uh, when I got in there, the, the monstrosity of humanity that was like in that bathroom was something I want no other human to ever have to look at. <laughs> We're talking like green beads. There was some solo cups. And um, when I was leaving, I passed by a mom with her little kid who was waiting in the same line. And I just looked at them with the most serious look in in my eyes and said, you do not want to bring him in there (laughs) because um, because it was just it was it was too many people and and not enough bathrooms. So I guess uh, asking you about logistics and organization, what uh, what type of hurdles have you guys had to overcome? You know, the, along the same lines, we had a few years back 
too many people, not enough space, maybe a bad, maybe a neighborhood that wasn't ideal for us to fit in. And so the backlash against that, uh, was pretty major to the point where we thought like, Oh, maybe this event won't happen anymore. Maybe we'll be shut down. And there were neighborhoods that forbid Santa's. I mean, you can't really forbid Santa's, but they put signs in the doors, you know, Santa not welcome here, that kind of thing, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> humbug. I wow. mean, that's fine. That's their personal choice. It's their mm. business. It's totally fine. We, we respect that and move to the next place. And so now we, we spend a lot of time walking the streets of New York. Uh, okay. How many venues are on this block? How many people, what's each one's capacity? What we want to plan it so that it doesn't end up like a parade. Okay. Every parade in New York city is <laughs> a thousand people at the Starbucks attempting to use the bathroom because there's no other place to go into. Mm-hmm. So at least these venues that some places hold concerts and are larger venues over 900, a thousand people, they have the facilities that are going to prevent the overflow into the streets. And, we try our best to also put the word out and be like, you know, Santa doesn't litter. Santa's always watching you. Make sure you and your crew are, you know, doing what's right and showing the kids in New York that Santa is still fun. He's not scary. Mm-hmm. Bring something for the kids if you like. Um, you know, be nice to them and smile to them. Definitely don't mess with them because we don't want to ruin their vision of this holiday. We want it to be magical like it was for us when we were little. So we try our best to, A, find spaces that work for Santa the best, and then really do a lot. I mean, I sent a lot of tweets and Instagrams out beforehand telling people, hey, this is how Santa acts. Make sure everybody in your crew is on board with that. And if they're not, try New Jersey SantaCon. (laughs) (laughs) Try. (laughs) Just kidding. We love New Jersey. It's true. You can act. It's a lot easier to act like an idiot when people can't see your face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is just the, you know, I I tried out for that mascot at West Virginia back in the day. Mm -hmm. West Virginia's mascot, you see their face. Like there's very few college mascots that are just, and that's one of the hard Uh, things about it. You put yourself in a costume where no one knows who you are. I'll act like an idiot all day. But when someone sees your face and knows exactly who you are and knows where you work and can be like, hey, Rich, how are you? How, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, are you, what are you doing right here? Don't do anything on SantaCon that you wouldn't want your employer to see. How That's about right. that? Exactly, yeah. Well, from what I can hear, it sounds like you deal with the organization and the logistics by working and organizing with the community. So, um, Yeah, we do. A community boards, the police precincts, the neighborhoods, the venues, and... You know, there's permits, contracts, and uh, a lot of communication. Well, you know, and that's really great. It's kind of cool to take our listeners behind the scenes and hear that this isn't just necessarily something that's thrown together last minute. There's a group yeah. of volunteers that are really working hard with the New York City Police Departments and the businesses, and there's a lot of thought and planning that goes into it. It can be a real win-win for the businesses and for uh, the the people around the neighborhood making money on visitors to the city. People come in. I just had someone write on our Facebook page that they're coming with their friends from Texas, which I think is terrific. That sounds amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and you know, the, the chaos that it was before was fun, but it got too big for it. 
And that was where we experienced a lot of the backlash. And even though it, it was continuing to be a charity event, people still were uh, angry. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the money donated to charity needs to uh, be worth the, the trouble that some people have. Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, we want everyone to be safe. So what are you looking forward? I mean, obviously your event has, has not happened yet, and it's happening in days yeah uh but yeah, beyond this my event anxiety what, level is growing every morning <laughs> <laughs> uh what, what are you looking forward to like in the future if you can touch on that a little bit like what does this event have down the road a couple of years i would love to see it become a holiday parade i think you know we already have a big one obviously mm-hmm. thanksgiving day parade have you been yeah. in that before no, I haven't, but a coworker of mine was in it this year. I saw her on TV. Because okay. I think Apparently. the uh, Santa Con, uh, uh, you know, maybe having a bunch of thousands of Santas in that parade would wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, but you know who you know who ends that parade? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The real one. Yeah, we don't want to steal <laughs> no, his thunder. Right. I don't. He doesn't like that. No. But I do think a parade would be kind of kind of cool. Um, I think that would be terrific. If that would really uh, let people show off their most creative outfits, you know, if marching bands would want to come, maybe we could have a dance a dance group do a Santa dance routine. But there could be all sorts of really fun things happening there, and maybe we can incorporate it with other events too. I was throwing around the idea at one of our meetings where we really, when we start early, sometimes the ideas doesn't matter how big they are. They'll get written on the board. And I wanted to, I was like, Oh, what about a Santa 5k for those people like who do Turkey trots and all Santa runs, the Santa runs are really popular. It'd be cool to do one of those around central park, but I don't know if we're ready to take on that kind of logistics just yet. <laughs> right, right. It could evolve to that, though. I mean, we would I, need an army of Santa organizers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of a lot of elves. Instead of the few people <laughs> that we have right now. Yeah, definitely. And you know, just involving more people too. Not now knowing that it's not just Santas, it's other costumes, and it's not just yeah. one long parade. It's different groups. Um, did I hear rumors that there was a like a, a baby Santa con or a dog Santa con? There was. It was so cute. It was. Um, it was this. It was. And I think it was sponsored by a company that did these little baby scooters or baby push carts, and they all these parents came with their with their babies dressed as Santa and then put them in these little carts and then paraded them around one of the parks. It might've been Bryant park, but like that sounds super adorable. And dog Santa con would has definitely happened. We have spinoffs that have happened that are super cute. And if you want to attend a more family oriented event, those might be the ones for you. Dog Santa Con and Baby Santa Con. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing cuter than, you know, pictures of babies and pets, you know, like on the internet. So imagine them all dressed up like like baby Santas and little doggy Santas with little white beards or cats, you know, whatever whatever your thing is. Yeah. Love it. Oh, a cat Santa Con I could see being a big disaster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, all right, we'll just have to kind of let the cat, yeah, cat no. enthusiast t- tackle that one then. Wrapping this thing up, this is a locally organized event in, in any city, in any country. What advice would you give? You guys are the largest. What advice would you give to somebody that's looking to organize one in their local town? Or any type of uh, 
you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be a, a con. I have a feeling the advice she's going to give is like she's she's out to kind of have fun and raise money. Mm-hmm. Normally, yep. we talk to people who are uh, um, setting a path, and I'm curious. I, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what advice would you give I, to those people? I actually, I do another, I do another kind of uh, gathering event called Onesie Wednesday in New York City, where we wear onesies and go out and uh, we've gone ice skating and then we we've gone to uh, the botanical gardens and we wear our onesies. So from about October to it gets too warm, we do that once a month. And I found that the best way to organize that as well was to go out and uh, talk to some venues, some managers of places, uh, call people up and, and just run the idea by them. Make sure you have a clear description of what you're going to do. Because some people think like, ooh, that sounds weird, I don't want that. But make sure you have uh, a description of what you guys are going to be doing. So we're just there for having fun. You want, if you want to do your own SantaCon, you have your own charity in mind. Start early. Start in October and walk the streets of whichever city or town you want to do and say, oh, this place would be perfect because we've got a place for food right next to a place for drinks, right next to a place for music. And those that three could be the winning combination if you go in and build a good relationship with the people in those venues and say, well, what about doing this event that could bring all these people to you, but also is going to be uh, hopefully an organized and uh, fairly well-behaved event. Um, throw out ideas that you know sound kind of crazy, but if they came together, would be really great. Like, oh, the 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 world's largest elf gathering is happening, and we're going to try to get the world's biggest group photo of elves. Whatever you want to try to put out as the wacky idea might just catch on with people near you. And, of course, use that social media to the best of your ability. Stick with it. Because people are, and Facebook algorithms can be difficult, but mm-hmm. people are only going to know about this stuff if you continue to tweet Instagram and post about it so that they know, like, hey, neat, neat creative stuff is happening in my town, and I thought I was the only weirdo who wanted to do this. You're probably not the only weirdo who wants to do something. There <laughs> And this is like what a great creative way to raise money for charity around the holidays. Yeah, right on. I, as I expected, that's yeah, good advice. That's great advice. And Eliza, if people wanted to find out more about the SantaCon that you guys organize, where's the best place for them to go and check out your social media um, and all your information? So, right now, we have on our main website where you can donate is santacon.nyc. And, of course, Santa is on Twitter, at SantaCon. We managed to get at SantaCon before someone else got at SantaCon NYC. So if you want the official, (laughs) we are at SantaCon. And uh, let's see, we're also on Facebook, SantaCon NYC. And I said Facebook already? Oh, yeah. And Instagram and uh, Snapchat. But if you find the San- the uh, SantaCon page on Facebook, I also have listed all the to all the other ones, our Snapchat names and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This we're excited because we just got um, a couple people who are trying to develop apps and certain apps that uh, are geolocation centric, and so we're we're kind of being part of the testing of these things to say, hey, here's something that's really happening at a time, at a place, and 
it's kind of like crowdsourcing for what's happening at each venue. So it's a way to see like, I'm at 23rd Street, but I wonder what's happening at the 59th Street location. So there's an app called Etch, E-T-C-H, that we're trying out this year. And then there's also GeoSwap, too, which I believe we did last year, too, which was a great way. It's actually a map, and then little Santa heads pop up at all the different places wow. on Santa Day. Oh, so fun. that's fun. Especially helpful for New York City, where, you know, getting around is kind of a challenge. So the best, that's kind of really neat to open up the map and say, oh, just two blocks that way, there's another Santa head. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And if you can't be there, you know, this year, uh, it's only a couple days away, and uh, and you, and you want to check it out, of course, I know you'll probably post pictures after the fact, but those Instagram mm-hmm. and Snapchat stories this Saturday should be oh, yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So you Snapchat could- stories, yeah, will be at SantaCon NYC, and uh, the Instagram also at SantaCon NYC. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Well, you know, Eliza, I think you did a great job being the voice of Santa <laughs> and uh, and just telling us about the history of this event. I can see it in years to come just be something that that people uh, you know put on their bucket list if they don't live in New York City and uh, and if they do and just haven't checked it out yet, they'll they they're they're, they're going to check it out. If you're listening yeah. to this and have a SantaCon in your area, feel free to message us and uh, um, yeah, we want to know where yours how is. Other people do it. Yeah, I want to know how how it's been going for other people starting their own and see what kind of things, what kind of successes they've had. Mm-hmm. We could, we could swap advice. That would be really neat. I agree. Awesome. Well, Eliza, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us. Yeah. And, uh, especially and, now. So yeah. busy, I'm sure. Yeah. Just a few days away, but, and, and best of luck with the event this year and for years to come. Thank you. The elves have got to hustle the next few days, but we're <laughs> confident it's going to come together. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Eliza Spear, Voice of Santa. That was fun. Yeah, I knew this would be a fun one for you because you <laughs> you love dressing up, you love these events. But uh, I think I did think it was really cool that if you wanted to make it to New York City before the the, the hubbub and everything, you mm-hmm. of uh, you know trying to see the tree or t- you mentioned Times Square in the intro, you could go that first weekend yeah. and uh, and do a really cool event and see I mean, all parts of the city, everything from Brooklyn to the island to. It's everything in between. Dress like Santa. Dress like Santa. <laughs> yeah. So you think you might go, Bill? I would love to go one day. I'll go with you if we want to put it on the travel list. I would like to see the tree. Um, Central Park. Yeah, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, going there for New Year's, it was all still there, but I don't I don't remember stopping at the tree. I don't think we did. I think it was it was still up, obviously. They keep it up until sometime in January. Uh, but we didn't spend any time there. It was kind of... You know, you do what you do when you're young. You know, oh, there's the tree. Let's go to the bar. <laughs> well, I got an idea. What's your idea? <laughs> I was thinking we can't make it down to SantaCon this weekend. How about That's we? Uh, how about we do some some t-shirts for the uh, for the season? I'm in the holiday season. Sure. The spirit of the holidays. I was thinking. I like t-shirts. Uh, I'm wearing it's one. Get, it's getting cold. We got uh, we got winter's coming. Snow's coming. Christmas is coming. Santa's yeah. coming. Santa's coming. Yeah. So let's do some uh, some Game of Thrones inspired uh, oh, t-shirts. Oh, okay? that winner's coming. I get it. Yeah. I yeah, get it. Yeah. So uh, guys, be on the lookout for that. I think uh, we, we haven't done a t-shirt in a while. My so. brother's getting a, uh, a, a 
t-shirt from Game of Thrones this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> that was his present? Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you didn't spoil it for him. But guys, if you want to check out the shirts, uh, we'll have those on our website. Uh, no, he's getting two. Tab. He's yeah. definitely getting two now. Yeah. I want to get the I want to get the Santa one. The Santa is coming. I can just see that on the shirt right now. All right. Now. So yeah. John's getting, you're, John, you're getting, you might get more than one now. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, this has been another great episode, a really cool event, and uh, we're glad to uh, spotlight that. As always, if you are not subscribed to the podcast on whatever listening device you use, hit subscribe. We've got a ton of good interviews coming up the next few weeks, and uh, and I'm excited for this season, Bill. Me too. All right. Well, as always, I'm Rich Douglas. I'm Bill Easton. Okay. Till next time.